Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships. So we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that He gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. Good morning, church. Good morning. If you want to do me a favor before we get going, if you want to reach out to your phone and turn on your translation app, in about two seconds, I'm going to switch to Spanish. Just, just, just kidding, just kidding. Just in case I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Miguel Estrada, and uh, I am a new pastor here for the Hispanic-speaking community, so thank you. Let me give you a little backstory about our family. My family and I moved here from Chandler, Arizona. We were serving there in the Hispanic community for the last 12 or so years under the mentorship of two godly men that invested in me and have uh, allowed me to do the things that I do, Pastor Roger Storms and Brian Jove. And I believe that God used our time in Arizona to prepare us for the work he had prepared in advance for us to do here in eastern Colorado. So we're excited to be here, looking forward to, do, uh, to join what God is doing and God is going to do through us and in us in this part of the world. So thank you. Before I get going, also I want to take a moment to thank Pastor Don, the eldership of the church, those of you who prayed for us before we even met, for allowing us to come here and be a part of this wonderful church and making us feel at home. So thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm happy to report to you guys that right now we're, we're building a, a core group of people well, in, very soon. Amen. Somebody's excited over there. <laughs> and very soon we're going to start taking ground for the enemy, uh, comp- uh, sharing God's good news to the Hispanic community on this side of Colorado. So please be in prayer for us as we get ready to launch our Hispanic uh, speaking service very soon. Uh, one more thing, as you, might walk, as you walked in, you might have noticed we have some decorations out in the lobby. Um, but today, here at MBF, we're celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. So um, I wish I could take credit for the, how nice it looks, but uh, it's actually my wife and a wonderful team of ladies that were helping. Uh, when you see anything that has to do with the Hispanic ministry and it looks good, trust me, it's not me. It's probably my wife. So... But we hope that you guys will hang around after church at the back uh, parking lot, the east parking lot. We're going to have food trucks. We're going to have some games. We're going to have some things. So please come and celebrate with us. And also, as I said earlier, we're new in the area. So the celebration is not going to be as big as we wish we could have had it because I don't have enough contact yet. But next year, with the Lord's help and your prayer, we hope to make it even bigger so God's kingdom can be celebrated throughout the world, right? So... Um, we're going to keep going in this new series we started a couple of weeks ago titled, It Ain't Working. In this series of messages, our goal has been to address some of the areas in our life that we may not be doing right or we may just having struggles doing with, and therefore, it ain't working. Our goal is to, uh, through God's word, to give you the tools necessary for you and us to live the life that God wants us to live, to be the people that God wants us to be. So that's our prayer, that's our hope, and we hope that you guys are uh, taking advantage of that. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Don kicked the series off with a message. To, uh, the challenge our men of our church to take a look at the way we were defining our masculinity. And you know what? I am so proud of our guys. 
I am so proud of you. You're part of this group of guys. Let me tell you, 181 men have signed up and are committed to attend Better Men. So you see some pictures there. Please give men our props. Better Men, it's an 11-week study on the essential of manhood and the desire is for us to become better men so we can honor God in our house and our homes and in our church. And I know, as you guys probably, ladies will agree, it is hard for us men sometimes to ask for help when we can't, when we think we're not doing something the way we should be doing it, right? But guys, I want you to know one thing. God will honor your efforts. And because we have decided to become better men and be part of this study, our church will be blessed, our families will be blessed, our community is going to be blessed because we're going to become better men to the glory of God. Right Amen? Right now, last week, Pastor Tim uh, uh, shared a powerful message on what a God-centered marriage is supposed to look like. And our prayer, again, is that all of us were inspired by it, we're moved by it, we're touched by it, and we're motivated to do our part to honor God in our marriages. I can tell you personally that I was touched by it so much so that I went home, checked myself against that love chapter in chapter uh, 1, uh, chapter 13, I'm sorry, of uh, 1 Corinthians 13, and, and Jesus, man, I need some help. <laughs> I got a lot of work to do to honor God in my marriage, so I'm doing my part to honor God in that area of my life as well. Today, I want to address the topic of unity in the church Taking inspiration from the letter from Paul to the Ephesians, and particularly I want to, we're going to be landing on chapter 2 of that book, verse 19. But I want to address this in a profound and life-transforming concept of identity in Christ. You know, we have, as we all probably know, an identity crisis in our society, and it's causing division on all areas of our lives. It's affecting our families, it's affecting our schools, it's affecting our places of work, and sadly, the crisis has made its way into the church and is affecting the unity that Jesus came to bring to his church. Uh, and our goal is to, to change that, to bring that unity back, to be part of what God wants us to be. The text today we're going to be again is Ephesians 2, verse 19, and it reads like this. So now, you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. You are members of his family. Keep that verse in mind as we continue through, through the day. Uh, we all know that the kids have a tendency sometimes to ask tough questions, right? And, and sometimes we don't know how to answer those questions. I heard a story of this young girl who went to her parents and asked the question, where do human beings come from? Her mom looked at her and said, well, sweetheart, he goes, you know, God made Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve have kids, and they had kids, and eventually that's how we came. Well, she wasn't happy with mom's answer, so she goes to dad. You know where it's going, right? <laughs> so it says, dad, where do human beings come from? They said, well, you know, sweetheart, long ago, there were monkeys. Those monkeys evolved, and over the millions of years, those monkeys became human beings. Now the girl is confused. She goes back to her mom and said, mom, you said God made us. But dad says we came from monkeys. Smile comes in mom's face, and she goes, well, sweetheart, that's easy. Daddy was talking about his side of the family. <laughs> I'm talking about our side of our family. <laughs> in a world with, filled with identity crisis and confusion, it is very important that we understand our identity 
because it's crucial for the way, the way we see our lives, the way we see ourselves, how we interact with other people. We need to know who we are and where we come from. And our, our prayer today is that through God's word, we got to understand who we are. You know, but sadly, people are struggling in our times, trying to define who they are, who their real, what that real identity is. And they're looking at the world to define who they are. Some of them are even allowing the culture to tell them who they are. And as we know, that's not working. It's not working. The reason it doesn't work is because the, world, the world's culture is focused on pleasing men, pleasing us. But God's culture is focused on pleasing God. The world culture focuses on things like we see in Hebrews 5. Where he says we're looking at sexual immorality, impurity, lustfulness, pleasure, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfishness, ambitions, decisions, and divisions. Every, every all kinds of different things that we see in, the, in that text. But God's culture is focused differently. Because God's culture is based on love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And self-control, as the writer of Hebrews tells us. You know, it is impossible for us to please ourselves and to please God at the same time. I think that's why Paul writes to us in Romans 12, this reminders. He says, don't copy the behavior of the customs of the world, but let God transform you into the new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good, pleasing, and perfect. You know, friends, as Christians, our true identity is not rooted on our earthly status or achievements or circumstances or what the world tells us who we are. Our true identity is rooted in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's important that we know that because I believe that the reason why the unity in the church is being affected is because we're looking at culture, at the world to tell us who we are, even in the church. And that doesn't work. The church is getting divided more and more because we're looking at the culture. We're allowing the culture to come into the church. We're, looking, we're going to the culture looking for answers that we can only find in God's Word. Now, I believe that if we address that, and bring back the unity to the church from the perspective of knowing who we are in Christ. We can bring back that unity that he wants us to have. But to do that, I think we have to first address a couple of misunderstandings that we have about the church. Because some people believe that the church is a building or a denomination. That's the wrong perspective of a church. That's the wrong definition of a church. Actually, the word church is a translation as the Greek of a Greek word is ecclesia, as Pastor Donald said us in the past. And that, the definition for that is an assembly or call out ones. So the root meaning of church is not of a building, but of people. Now, according to the Bible, the church is a body of Christ. It's composed of all of those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ for their salvation. That's what John 3.16 says, that's 1 Corinthians 12.13 tells us. Now, it is important to know that biblically, we can regard to the church in two ways. The universal church and the local church. Now, the universal church consists of everyone, everywhere, who has placed their faith for their salvation and has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Now, the local church is a gathering of people who claim the name of Jesus Christ. But we've got to be careful when we, we listen to this, though. Because just because somebody claims the name of Jesus doesn't make him a good place to be. If you're new, if you're struggling, if you're looking, if you're searching and trying to figure out a good church, look for those things. Jesus is the, our salvation comes through Jesus alone. There's no other way. He's the only path. And we put our faith in him and we try to live a life that honors him. There's no other books. There's no other way. There's no other things we need to do to honor God. That's a healthy church. In fact, in a healthy church, it's a place where believers can come and fully apply that, that body principle that 1 Corinthians talks in chapter 12. Here's where we can encourage each other. We can teach each other and build each other up in the knowledge of, of our grace and love of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the second thing that I think we need to understand that is a misconception for most people is that the church is made up of people that all look the same or act the same. That, that's not true. There is diversity in the church. In fact, the reality is that we were all uniquely created by God. And he, he, he created us with diff different personalities, different body types, different skin colors, and different qualities. Yet, we all bear the image of God. But the image of God refers to our spiritual part of humanity. It's what sets us apart from, animal, from the animal world. It enables us to commune with our creator. It's really a mental, moral, and social likeness of our creator. Meaning that, that we have the mental capacity to create. We have the, the moral ability to discern good and evil and exercise free will. And it also means that we have the need, the social need, to fellowship with other people. We were not created to be alone. We are created to be in fellowship with our Creator and others that come to faith in Him. So now we need to understand that the church is composed of a diverse group of people created in the image of God who have placed their faith for their salvation and have a personal relationship with Jesus. And what unites them is their identity in Christ. Amen? Now my goal is that and I really hope that next time you go and read Ephesians chapter 2, you can see that beautiful picture that Paul paints in there, where Jesus, for his love for us, that immense love and grace that he had for us, he, he, he brings dead people back to life, and then he brings people who live in hostility to unity. And that's what God wants for us. That's what Jesus did for us. That's what the church should be. A group of people united in his name for his glory. We shouldn't allow others to tell who we are. Now again, let's look at Ephesians 2.19 and see what God has done, what Jesus has done for us at the cross. So now you Gentiles, you're no longer strangers or foreigners. You are citizens alone. You're a citizen alone with all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. I want to point out a couple of things here, three things that I believe that if we pay attention to those things and apply them into our lives, we, we can bring that unity that God wants us to have as an individual and as a church. And then we can impact God's church, which is a global church, the, the whole church. Amen? So here's the first thing I think that we need to apply and understand in our lives. We need to understand that we are no longer strangers or foreigners. Uh, one definition of the word stranger is one ignorant of or unacquainted with someone or something. 
A foreigner is a person who is not of or a part of a group or a place. In other words, I think what Paul is saying here is, before we encountered Christ, we were ignorant of his promises, the promises of God, and we were, no member, we were not members of his family. So in other words, we were separated from living a life that honors God, living in darkness, without hope. But through our faith in Jesus, with what he did for us on the cross, we are no longer strangers or aliens we're, we're outsiders, like some people will say, but we have been adopted into God's family. And we can now delight in God's promises and be part of his kingdom. And that's good news, church. We're part of God's family, part of his span of his kingdom. Isn't it nice to know that our loving God, our creator, has adopted us, not for what we have done, for what Jesus did. And now we can partake with him and expand in his kingdom here on earth. The second thing I think is important that we understand is that we are citizens along with all, the, all God's holy people. So the verse goes on to say that we are now part of that, the holy group of people that God has called out. Now through our faith in him, in Jesus Christ, we're now part of that spiritual community that includes all of those faithful that have come before us and those that will come after us. Those are the ones we have to go out and get for him. So we're part of that community. Now, the word holy means separated from, set apart. And it refers to the, to the quality of God who is transcendently distinctive, unique, majestic, perfect, and pure. Now, as fellow citizens, we are now have, uh, and believers, we have the same privileges and responsibilities with this community. We are we're citizens of the Heavenly Father, and our citizenship transcends nationalities, cultures, and earthly divisions. You know, I had an opportunity to experience that, uh, but uh, in 2010, a friend of mine invited me to go to his wedding in Santiago, Chile. I don't know if you know, if you remember that, but in 2010, there was an eight-point-something earthquakes in, in Chile. So the night of the wedding... We were celebrating my friend's wedding, and there was this big earthquake. And, and my son and I were supposed to come home in a couple of days. And then we found out later on, the airline calls and say, listen, you're not going to be able to go home as you thought. <laughs> the airport's destroyed. So I worry. I call my wife and say, honey, uh, you may have to find somebody else to preach in the next couple of weeks because I'm stuck. <laughs> and she goes, oh, let me, just, let me see what we can do. Well, in our church back in Arizona, there was a family from Argentina and they reached out to my family and said, listen, we've been you know, following the news. We know what's happening. But if you tell him to take a bus from Santiago to Buenos Aires, which, by the way, takes 23 hours, he goes, we would be more than happy to receive them in our home. And then he can maybe go home from here. So we did that. And, you know, 23 hours later, we get there. And I have never met these people before. I didn't know who they were. But they opened their home and they treated me like I was their family. And that's the moment I realized, wow, it is amazing to be part of the holy people of God. You know, I had the same experience in our transition when we were coming here. We were out here visiting, looking for our home. And this beautiful family hosted their, opened their doors of their home for us. And my wife and my two kids, we stayed at their home for a couple of days. They even gave us the car because we had to return a rental car early. So we can go look for a place to live. And then when we finally made the move, 
Abraham and Linda, you might know them, the Santiago's, they allowed me to stay in their home for about two weeks. Imagine that, two weeks for them, for Linda. Uh, so while the house was being uh, ready for us to move in, you know, and it's wonderful knowing the God's people are all over the world. And if we live like that, we can, others will want to be part of that. Don't you agree? I was blessed by that, and I hope one day you, you can be blessed the same way. And finally, the verse goes on to say that we are members of God's family. This phrase emphasizes that the believers, we are now just acquaintances with God. We are part of his family. I don't know if you, if, if you even got since how if you get that. Being part of God's family. We're not just God's friends. We are his family. We are being adopted into his family. He is our, holy fa- our heavenly father. Loving Father, who's always wanted us to be part of his family. But some of us had chosen, or maybe I chose for a while to be away from him, but he sat there and waited for us the whole time. But now, being part of his family is a wonderful thing. And the most beautiful thing about this relationship with him now is that it's not based on our merits or performance, but on his grace and love, and on what Jesus did for us at the cross. You know, as members of God's family, we have the access to his presence, his provisions, his protection. And we should reflect that as we walk in our lives. I heard the story of Walt Disney's daughter. Uh, apparently her name was Diane. And the story goes that one day this little girl walks up to her dad and he goes, Daddy, my friends at school are telling me that you're Walt Disney, the guy that makes movies. Is that true? And, the, and, you know, he looks at her and smile on his face and he goes, yeah, sweetheart, that's me. So she puts out a piece of paper and she goes, Daddy, can I get an autograph? <laughs> you can say, so, you know, what to that? I said, but if you think about that and that interaction with the little girl, her life did not change because of what happened. What changed was what was available to her after she knew who her daddy was. And our Ephesians tells us that we are now part of God's holy people, that we're members of his family. And I don't understand. I don't know, church. Do you know what's available to you as a member of God's family? Do you realize what's available to you? As Pastor Tim said earlier, we can come to him in prayer. We can, we can be invited to the supper that we share as believers because of what Jesus did for us. Now, do you know what's available to you? As members of God's family. Now, it's awesome to know these things. Because hopefully it changes the way we, we see things. But the most important thing is, what do we do with that? What are we going to do with that? Uh, my prayer is that I'm going to give you three things that I think, three practical things that I think if we do them, we put them in practice in our lives, I think we can make a difference in the world. I think we can bring back the unity of the church that Jesus died for at the cross. And here's the first thing I think we can do. is embrace your identity in Christ. Embrace your identity. Know who you are. Max Lucado wrote a book titled Unshakable Hope. And he wrote this. It says, children have a tendency to say, look at me. On the tricycle, look at me go. On a trampoline, look at me bounce. On a swing set, look at me swing. Now, such a behavior is acceptable for children, he writes. Yet, 
Many adults spend their grown-up years saying, look at me. Look at me drive this fancy car. Look at me make money. Look, look at me wear this provocative clothes. Use big words. Flex my muscles. Look at me. And then he says, isn't it time that we grow up? We're made to live a life that says, look at God. Look at God. People are to look at us and see not us, but the image of our maker. That's God's desire for our lives, guys. That's what he wants. That's what we should do as members of God's family. Live a life that reflects him. That when people see us, they see him. They don't see us. But many of us are looking at the culture, are looking at the world, and rather they want to imitate God, we want to imitate the culture, we want to imitate the world. And that's what people see. And that's why the church is being divided, because they say, I don't want to be like them. And we can change that. Because knowing who we are empowers us to live with confidence and purpose. We should daily remind ourselves that we are citizens of God's kingdom, Members of his family. Now, church, I want you to know this truth. You are not what the world says you are. You are not what other people tell you you are. You are a child of God. So, tell the person next to you, I am not who people say I am. Say to the person next to you, I am not who people say I am. I am a child of God. Now here's the question. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Because if, until you believe that and bring it to your heart, it means nothing. But if you believe it, when doubt creeps in, when the world comes at you, you will say, I'm a child of God. I am not who you say I am. I'm a child of God. You'll be able to embrace this truth and be strong because that's, that's what God wants for us. And the second thing we need to do as believers is live out God's values. We need to live out God's values. Our heavenly citizenship calls us to live according to God's values, principles, and reflecting his love and grace and righteousness to the world. Again, people should see that in our lives. You know, through the years I had, I've been blessed enough to, to travel outside the United States. And, and, and as most of you, those of you who are traveling know that when you go outside the world, outside the United States, if something were to happen, the place you were at, and, and you need to get some help, you can go to the United States Embassy and you can find help there, right? The embassies were designed to be a, a, a haven for us when we were traveling abroad. Well, God has ordained the church to do the same thing. The church should be a haven for people who are lost, trying to find their way back home. That's what we need to be doing. We should function in a way that people see heaven and want to be part of that. If we say it another way, the church should be like, like a, a, a preview of the kingdom of God. Just like movie clips. Do the same thing, right? They, little, they give us little er, er, uh, clips of movies are coming. And it creates interest on, our, on ourselves. We want to go see that movie, right? Well, the same thing. When people see us, when people see the church, then we want to be part of that. If we're living a way that honors God and we're being his church, 
and people see him through in us, people are going to want to be part of that. But if people are seeing the church want to be just like the world, well, no wonder where we are, where we are right now. We have been given this wonderful privilege, and I hope you, you live today with knowing this, this truth. You are an ambassador for Christ. Everywhere we go. Paul wrote that to the church in Corinth. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, it says, So we are Christ's ambassadors. This is one of the reasons that I am so thankful and so honored that Pastor Don gave me an opportunity to be part of MBF. Because this church has decided to open an embassy here in Eastern Colorado for people in the Hispanic community to come and find hope, peace, love, and a place in God's family. And I'm honored to be part of that. You know, friends, this is what I know. While there is war out there in the world, there should be peace in the church. While there is poverty out in the world, there should be a voluntary sharing and giving in God's church. While there is racism in society, there should be liberation, justice, unity in the church. So that when people see us, when people see the church, you see an alternative way of living. And we want to be part of that. Now, I know, it's not easy. Doing what God wants us to do every day is not easy. On our own, we can do it. I can do it. I struggle. We all struggle, if we're honest. We've been given a gift that has more power than anything else in the world. If you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit in you that helps you in those moments. When the world comes at you, we can lean on the Holy Spirit to help us, to go through things, to remind us who we are. We have God's Word we can lean on to read and to help us, remind us of who we are. Paul writes to the Galatian church, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And he gave himself for you. And he gave himself for the whole world. And it's our job as his ambassadors, as his church, to take those good news to those that don't know him. Because once we realize our identity, it's not rooted in what the world says, but it's rooted in what Jesus did for us at the cross. I think we can do the, the, the third thing that I think we, if we do it, we can bring it, which is bring unity with fellow believers. Because understanding that we are fellow citizens with God's holy people encourages us to love, support, and fellowship with all the brothers and sisters, even if they don't think the same way we think. Even if they don't talk the same way we talk. Even if they don't dress the same way as we dress. Even if they look different than what we look. And God's church transcends cultural denominations and boundaries. And it's our responsibility, church, to do that so the world can see that in action. After all, that's what God's plan was from the beginning. 
Because Adam and Eve were the first parents of the whole human beings, only one race of image bearers exists. Paul writes Acts 17, 26, from one man he created all nations throughout the whole earth. That was God's plan from the beginning. Then he chose Abraham. And he says, out of his seed, he was going to bless the whole world. He didn't say, out of his seed, I'm going to bring only MBF. Or only the people that live in Aurora or the people that live in Strasbourg. He says, the whole world. The church is bigger than us. We are part of the church. We're part of that body, which is all over the world. I want to finish reminding us that our Incredible identity is, not rooted in, is rooted now in Christ. And because of that, we're no longer strangers of aliens, but fellow citizens with all the God's holy people and members of God's family. So my prayer is that we will share is that new identity or the identity we always had as children of God, and that we can reflect that to other people. We live in a dark world that needs to see the good, hear the good news of Jesus. And, and God has placed... Each one of us, in a specific areas and places, that there are people in, the, in, our, in our immediate circle that we only we can influence. Pastor Don cannot influence you, friends. I can influence you, friends, but you can. I don't work where you work. I don't live where you live, but you do. And in that place, God has an embassy, an ambassador, and that's you and I. And as its ambassadors, we should be doing our job to spread the good news of God's love and grace for those that don't know him. So the unity in the church does not come and is not based on, on our communalities, on what we have, things that we have in common, the music we listen to, the way we dress, like I said earlier, the way we speak, uh, the team we root for, or even the political party we feel you know, we sympathize with. It's not about that. You know, the, the reality is that we all have one thing in common with everybody in the world. All of us. With everybody. We're all at sometimes, no, I'm sorry, we all are sinners. And at some time in our life, we were all dead in our sins. But because of what Jesus did at the cross, now we have this privilege to say that we're part of God's family. So, as members of his family, part of this holy group of people, we can now proudly walk with pride in who we are because we are not what the world says we are. We're children of God. Let us bring unity to God's church, his church, his global church. Let's start with our families. Let's start with MBF. Let's move to Strasbourg. Then we go to the towns next to us. And then we go to the cities next to us. And then we'll go throughout the world sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your son. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask that as this world this is living in darkness, trying to find identity in, in the wrong areas, in the wrong places. May we, as ambassadors, Lord, shine light in this dark world. Holy Spirit, give us the words, the power, the ability to be your light 
to love people the way you love them, to live a life that will show you, not us. May we get out of your way and allow you to do the things that only you can do in us and through us, all for your glory. We love you. We thank you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Church, before we go, it starts with one step. We all need to take one first step. And I want to invite those of you, if you're part of the praying team, please, would you go to the sides at this moment? Because I want to offer an invitation for two groups. First group is those of you who do not yet have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you came here today because somebody invited you to be part of the celebrations or, or whatever. That person that invited you loves you. God has been working to that person's heart, and that's why you're here. But we don't want you to leave today with more questions. If you have questions about the faith, you want to know who this Jesus is that we talk about, please come up and let us pray for you. Let us help you in that next step. Today might be your day. Please don't leave and let it be just another Sunday. Now the second group of people is those of us who already made that decision. And we have been walking with Jesus and we know that we're part of his family for whatever reason. We started to believe the light of the world, the light of the enemy. And we have started having questions about who we are. And maybe we just are not sure anymore. If you're there, I'm asking you too, please come, let us pray for you. Because there's nothing more important than knowing who we are. And as we said earlier, we are not what the world says we are. We are children of God. Even if you stepped away for a minute, even if you're going through some stuff, God loves you and he wants you home. Please come home.